Good evening, and welcome to Natural News at 7ish. Thank you for joining us. First up, some housekeeping. Wrapped in with a troubling time for folks on the east coast of Australia. You may have heard of the current explosion in rodent populations ripping agricultural crops and grocery store shelves apart. This expansion in the rodent population, in particular the common house mouse Mus- Musculus, is hurting rural populations of southern Queensland, northern New South Wales, and even showing up in Victoria and South Australia. Causing the loss of summer crops, the inability to sell stored yields, and the destruction of stored fodder. Some farmers sadly resorting to turning over their crops and just trying to start it all again. The smell of dead mice is becoming a problem of concern. Piles of hundreds of baited, dead and decomposing mice are creating a terribly unpleasant odour in people's homes, towns and the grocery stores. Uninvited and being played rude, mice have let themselves into the stores and consuming all but the canned goods, leaving a big mess and more odour by not using the damn lavatory like us sanitary humans. How does this problem then be wrangled in? Now, this problem isn't new. Bainbliss spreading the population-destroying black plague and living on every continent bar Antarctica. Mice can breed when six weeks old and give birth to six to ten pups every 19 to 21 days and can then immediately begin reproducing again. It's crazy. It is approximated that in optimal seasons, with a high survival rate, a pair of mice can give rise to 500 baby mice in a breeding season. But the terrible fact that the animals that used these mice as a stable food source are faced with secondary poisoning from the toxins used in baits, the ways to overcome this issue aren't always safe or immediate in application. The New South Wales Environmental Protection Authority suggests integrated pest management as an environmentally sensitive method for managing these pests. Preparing for the mice in the spring and summer is recommended by taking a walk through the field or the paddock, seeing if you can find any burrows. Contact your local natural resource management branch to help monitor the numbers, and then physically trapping the mice will help with the monitoring and also removes mice from the environment. The use of quarantine regulations may help in stopping the spread of pests and finding some stowaways. Baiting is often used for wide-scale agricultural applications due to its ease of use and its impact. Anticoagulant rodenticides are commonly used rodent poisons. The act as blood thinners allowing the pest to consume a lethal dose without finding out till later, ensuring the bait is consumed and the rest of the undesirable counterparts do the same. Second-generation anticoagulant rodenticides, or SGARs, are so powerful that a single dose is effective, but the rodents don't realize this and they continue to gnaw on the bait, meaning the lag hits later and they're full of this deadly poison. Predators such as birds of prey, owls and raptors, scavengers like ravens and reptiles like the goanna and pythons then go on to consume this rodent and are now at risk of becoming secondarily poisoned. SGARs can remain in tissue for months or however long the body takes to decompose. In research done on southern bullbrook owl populations in the southwest of Western Australia, almost 73% of blood samples had detectable exposures to anticoagulant rodenticides. And 18% of all bullbrook owls had a level that was lethal enough to kill them directly. Almost all the chemicals found in the rodenticides were from second-generation anticoagulant rodenticides, opposed to first-generation anticoagulant rodenticides. The difference between the first generation and second generation are that the first generation chemicals break down quicker, so there is less chance of the large predators being poisoned. 
second generation, readily available for purchase from grocery stores and good old Bunnings. The chemicals that differ between first and second generation are ones that are hard to say and will probably go in one ear and out the other. So, attached is a handy infographic, pamphlet-style set of important information made by BirdLife Australia regarding the chemical differences and trophic impacts of rodenticides. Check it out and avoid baits when able. When not, please try to only use first-generation anticoagulant rodenticides. Now, some innovative techniques in extracting metals from the ground. Some call it mining, some call it extraction, others may call it digging. The research is from the University of Western Australia, Australia's National Science Agency, the CSIRO, the Technical University of Denmark, and the University of Exeter call it electrokinetic in-situ leaching. The innovative technology involves a process called electromigration. When what some call mining happens, typically a large mass of rock and substrate, or ore, the natural rock and sediment that contains minerals and metals is removed and sorted to find out what the miners are after. So, what has been developed is application of electrical currents to induce the movement of these minerals and metals towards the electrical charge. A negatively charged anode is at one end and a positively charged cathode at the other to create an electrical field. In the lab testing of this process, copper was used. And it worked, with 57 weight percent after 94 days involved in electromigration moving to the anodes or the cathodes. This process could also be powered by sustainable energy sources like wind and solar. Creating a more environmental approach to mining, digging, or what some call in situ leaching. This past weekend, a citizen science program took place. You may have heard about it in episode two or from hopefully being involved yourselves. We took part personally on North Bruny Island and had a bloody wonderful time. We saw wedgies in the day and were treated to white-bellied sea eagles having a visit from a wedgie the day before. We'll post it on the Natural News Instagram to share it with you all. If you have some time coming up this Friday, Saturday or Sunday, make sure to book in a square and participate yourselves. If you can't be a part of the Tassie-wide survey, still throw your eyes to the sky and try your luck at seeing and spotting the potentially 2.3 metre wingspan circling and soaring majestically up above. Well, that's it, and that's that. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week with some more fresh, steamy natural news. Until then, remember to only use first-generation anticoagulant rodenticides, and spread the good word. Good night.